everyone. My name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. How important is it for you to travel the world? Do you feel comfortable creating a trip on your own, or do you look for somebody else to do it? On today's episode, I am delighted to have on Michelle, founder of The Mosaic Way, where she loves to create travel for individuals and groups alike. But she also loves to host unique retreats for female entrepreneurs to come together and meet each other face-to-face, somewhere beautiful, exotic, and amazing. Welcome, Michelle. Did I miss anything? No, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. I'd love to get into your background, right? Where have you lived, other jobs you've had, maybe other languages you speak, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Sure. Should I just um, dive in? Yes. Okay. I want to hear. I want to hear from <laughs> your first job to ultimately leading you to Mosaic Way. That's so funny. I've had so many jobs, but just because I always liked trying new things. So since the time I've since the time I was little, I feel like I've had so many different jobs. But um, in college, I my background was actually marketing and graphic design, and I had a passion for event coordination. Um, so I had a lot of internships in that realm. Um, I did marketing for a robotics company. I helped coordinate weddings, and then I was a manager at a farmer's market. So all these kind of coordination type jobs. And then when I studied abroad in college, I went to Malta, and then I was like, wait, I can do coordination, but in a cooler way. And that's got me into becoming a travel agent. That's very cool. And when you say cooler way, right, I, I want to get into this for a second because I worked at a travel agency for a couple of years. So I understand what it's like to coordinate travel, right? You use, for anybody or any listener who doesn't know, essentially travel agents use a system, right? I used to use WorldSpan, which is very old. But the mm-hmm. general one that people use is Saber, and you kind of learn this coding, you learn to book hotel, you learn to book car rentals, and most importantly, airline, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say cooler way, <laughs> let's talk about this for, you know, what? how do you define that and how do you make it cooler for somebody? Is it the experience? Is it how you speak to a client customer? I'd love to hear some of your thoughts around that. Yeah, so obviously with a re- regular event coordination, you're usually picking a local destination and decorating it. And that's kind of the extent of the creativity. Um, But with what I really loved about travel was being able to do all this really interesting research for a client. So because I do custom coordination, every time I get a new client, it's usually a new destination. I do get a lot of repeats, obviously, like Greece is a hot spot this year for sure. But I found that that really suited my personality because I love learning about new things and I like change. So it was fun for me to be able to do, you know, research for a new area every time. When it comes to expertise, I have experience with coordinating an itinerary that will maximize like your investment and your time and your energy, obviously, that people put into vacations. Um, But In addition to that, the process of working with me is pretty simple. So I usually start off with a free initial consultation. So the client will call, give me their budgets, their dates, you know, it may be a general idea of where they think they'd like to go, that sort of thing. And then from there, I'll send them over a proposal um, and send over my coordination fee, which is custom depending on the client and um, how, um, you know, 
complex itinerary is and that sort of thing. Um, and then after that, it's pretty simple. It's pretty hands off. I create a rough draft itinerary and then we do about two rounds of editing before I start booking everything. I'll send the client a credit card authorization form. They give me permission to purchase things on their behalf, you know, like booking their hotel and their excursion and that sort of thing. It's pretty hands off. And then at the end, I'll walk you through your entire trip. But a lot of people like it because obviously it saves them time, energy, um, and obviously it will save them. In some instances, I can save them money as well because there are certain rates that aren't available to the public that are only available to travel agents. And part of a, being a travel agent is building up really good relationships with suppliers like hotels and excursions. So if you build up a good reputation with them, send them a lot of clients, they are usually more than happy to allow me to get, you know, maybe a free upgraded room for a client or a really nice welcome gift or a spa service, that type of thing. So it's those additional benefits that I can offer a client. Um, and then also now with COVID and everything being so crazy and the protocols constantly changing, I'm really there just to help take any additional stressors away. So I'm available 24-7 during a trip for a client if an issue should arise. I'll walk them through all the COVID protocols um, so they don't have to worry about, you know, oh my gosh, did we, um, you know, submit the right documents to get into this country? Did we test correctly? Um, do I have the right uh, proof of vaccination? That sort of thing. So my job is basically to take all the stress of planning your trip away so you're not going on a vacation to basically relax from the stress of, you know, planning it. Because I've had people say like, the planning of it stressed me out more. And I almost had to go relax from that and not my original intent, which was like, you know, relaxing from life and work. <laughs> sure. And yeah. that's such a great point when you talk about COVID, because I wanted to kind of segue into this, right? When it, you talk about planning a vacation nowadays, people are thinking about more insurance, right? On your vacation mm -hmm. and your policy in case you get COVID, in case you get sick, you know, a family member dies, something crazy happens, right? Mm -hmm. Do you recommend insurance? And if you recommend insurance, what insurance insurances do you think are the best when it comes to booking your trip and just ensuring that if anything goes wrong, you have that extra safety net and cushion? Yeah. So two things that I look at for, actually, I guess I'll say this, three things I look at for clients. One, I, like you were saying, especially now I do recommend travel insurance just so you're not losing out on money. The one that I work with is Allianz. They have great customer service. They're super reliable. They have, um, their quotes usually come back great. You know, when I um, submit my client's information to them, I think they're fairly priced and everything. Um, so they're the one I recommend using and I always work with and I walk the client through that as well if they're not familiar with it. Um, the second thing is I always try and be really intentional about the suppliers I look at. I want to make sure that they have good customer service in case a problem arises. And also they have their own built-in cancellation policies. Um, I try and make sure those ones are pretty flexible as well, you know, because um, I find that makes it useful or that makes it an easier process when working with insurance. Um, and then the last thing is I always recommend to clients, if they don't already have one, is to get a travel credit card. So this would be something like um, a Marriott Bonvoy, Bonvoy um, what is that, American Express or a Chase Sapphire is my favorite because a lot of people don't know this, but they have a lot of built-in um, cancellation um, insurance and a couple other beneficial things like free TSA pre-check um, and that sort of stuff. So I'll get this card. There's no foreign transaction fees. They'll also 
have some built-in insurance for your flights and anything you used purchasing that card for your trip. Very cool. First Mm -hmm. of all, thank you for sharing that. I think nowadays insurance is so important and it's something when I worked as a travel agent, you know, travel agency many years ago, it was recommended, but it was never pushed. And nowadays, I just think with COVID and the world that we live in today, I definitely think that's very important. I want to segue into excursions, right? This podcast is a tourism podcast. I interview a lot of tour guides. What are some really unique excursions, tours, activities for people to do? And I like to segue this as somebody for it with a family, a partner, and solo that you think are really interesting, outside the box, kind of fun. Yeah. So I I saw this question and I was trying to type up some stuff I've personally experienced or recommended to clients. Um, and because I do custom trips, these are all over the place. So mind you, this is not one location. But the first ones that came to mind were um, when I was studying abroad in Malta, you can go swimming with giant tuna fish. And they only have this in two places in the world. It's Wait, tuna fish? Giant tuna fish. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, how big is that, first of all? <laughs> they get up to like the ones we were with, like six feet or more. They're, wow. They're huge. So yeah. So basically what happens is they boat you out like three miles from shore and there's giant nets that basically they're circular and then they drop to the ocean floor. Like you can't even see how far they go. And they would throw fish in like food for the other fish. And then they would just kind of dump you in the net with them. And it's so funny because they're so big, but they're skittish. So you just have, you're, you're just snorkeling with them and you could, I think you can scuba with them as well. But, um, Basically, say, are they like dangerous animals? It's not like a shark where I'm terrified. Like, can you be close to them and not be worried? Yes, they're very docile. They're actually the reason they're there is because um, there's a big tuna fish population in the Mediterranean. So, and they actually sell them. They were saying for sushi in like Japan. So they're just kind of waiting to be sold. So you're they're like wow. six feet long. Like each of them are worth like five thousand plus dollars because you know sushi grade fish is very expensive and. You can go swim with them. It's like being in a National Geographic documentary. It's so weird. It's very cool. (laughs) That is very cool. Okay, go on. I have to hear more. (laughs) It's very fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. So this is actually one of the things I love and I want to continue to become known for, but it's finding unique excursions like this for clients instead of like, here's another food tour type of thing, you know? Um, Sure. And I think – you know, for somebody like you, that's a great niche because a lot of times, look, I, I love a good food tour. I like a walking tour. I think for so many cities, that is so necessary to even have that as a basic. But mm-hmm. for people who love unique experiences, right? I actually interviewed on a podcast with my dear friend, Gail, Experiences You Should Have. And her mission is to find unique excursions, tours, activities all over the world where instead of saying, I'm going to Madrid and I'm then I'll find a walking tour, it's I'm going to find a tuna fish, right? Excursion. Yeah, yeah. And where can I do that? And I love that mentality of finding the excursion and then going to the location. So Wanda, she's wonderful. Wanted to shout her out quickly. But I love that you look to that as something different, right? To mm-hmm. say, this is a really unique experience and this is something that you should try. So I'd love to hear any others that you have, maybe two or three more. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true though. Because I think in my mind, I'm like, you can find a pool and a swim up bar pretty much anywhere. So let's figure out what you, you, you know. What's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not hating on food tours either. I 
I'm Italian. I love food, but you know, you know, it's like, let's no, find, I find understand. The cool <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. And I think when you think about different markets and different people, it's one of the things I mentioned when it comes to family, partner, and solo. Totally. Because a lot of times for a family, it could be vastly different for a solo person. Mm. Likewise, when it comes to different adventures, it's why people like skiing. Yeah. It's why people like kayaking. It's why people like hiking. It's why people like walking a city. It's like why people like sitting on a beach, right? Everybody has their own mentality when it comes to booking a trip. Mm -hmm. And then it goes even farther to say, where do you like to stay? To go even farther to what you like to do. So I love that you push the envelope to find really different, unique things for people. I think that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's one of my um, favorite parts for sure. Um, Okay, so the next three I was gonna say, this one, this is one that I found to be really fun. So it's underground underground kayaking in Kentucky. So Kentucky, um, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure they have the most caves in the world, if I remember correctly. Wow. Which most people don't know. They have a lot of limestone mines. So they had an abandoned limestone mine, and you can go kayaking through it, and it's pitch black. So they take you with headlamps, and the water is actually pure because any water that drips through it goes through the limestone, which purifies it. So technically, other than you know bat poop, it's like <laughs> purified water. Um, again, it's another one of those like, am I in a National Geographic documentary right now? Like this is unreal. Um, and these, all the ones I'm listing are like pretty affordable. I'm talking like under a hundred bucks. Some are even like 30 bucks. So it's like a public thing, essentially say I were to go to Kentucky and do this, right. If I wasn't claustrophobic, this would be very cool, but it's essentially you sit on a boat with a group of people, you pay under a hundred bucks, let's say the tour's three hours, but you're in a kayak going through these caves with, I'm assuming some type of light and you're looking at them. Yeah, so it's called Gorge Underground. The one I did was kayaking. Um, and there's the opening of the tunnel, so there's initially light. And then, then as they take you th- through the different caverns, um, that's where it gets darker. And at one point, they tell everyone, let's all turn off our lights so you can see how truly pitch black it is. Um, I mean, they'll ask you, like, is any of, anyone in the group just totally not comfortable with that? But, um, yeah, it's very cool. And, and then they do have a boat version of it, too, but it's called Gorge Underground, and that's in Rogers, Kentucky if anyone's interested. Very cool. Thank um, you for sharing that. Yeah. And then the, la- uh, the last two really quickly were um, mountain tubing in Kauai, Hawaii. So you can actually float down through the mountains through like their lush jungle. And I um, had clients go on that one and they, they loved it. So. so you're saying it's almost like snow tubing, except you're in shorts and a t-shirt and you're going in a tube down a jungle? Down a river. Yeah. Down a river through the mountains. Wow, that's very unique. I like that. Yeah, so it, it's funny. In Michigan, I'm from Michigan, so we have a lot of lakes and rivers. So just floating down the river is kind of like a summer thing here, but it's more of a an extreme version, obviously, in Kauai. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. And I'm presuming when you do this, is it? I know it's a river, but do you? Does it get muddy? Like, does it get dirty <laughs> if you do this? Like, I guess how can someone even prepare for that? Yeah, I think they give everyone, um, it's been a minute since the client went, they give you helmets and they give you, or they tell you to bring water shoes. And then you can wear your swimsuit, but I think usually people maybe throw on a t-shirt or something because it's a little borderline more adventurous in some ways. So just to <laughs> be a little more prepared. But Sure, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I'd love to hear the last one. 
Yeah, and then the last one, there's a zip line actually from Spain to Portugal. So you can zip line across country borders, which not many people say they could they zip lined from country to country. Ooh, I love all of these. Yeah. Thank you for sharing because they're all so unique in their own way, but really cool and different and things that, to be honest with you, I would never think tuna fish. <laughs> would yeah. never think of even just going mountain essentially mountain tubing. I think that's so fascinating and so interesting. So I I love these unique excursions. I'd love to ask you also, is there an excursion that you've heard about that you've never done yet or you really want a client to try? Just if you know any others um, that you, you think about or you've heard about, but you have never booked anybody yet. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, there was, this is actually... I think they have a version of it in Kentucky, but I also know they have it in different parts of the United States. And I, I really want to go, but they have underground zip lining. So it's again, old mines, but they have like high ropes course and zip lining and it's underground because they've like carved out, um, it's mine. So they're already carved out, but they've carved them out even further. And then there's really cool lighting and all of this stuff. So I like high ropes, adventure stuff, anything more like adventure, slightly dangerous. <laughs> so I'm, sure. al- I'm always looking for that type of stuff. So to me, that's been on my bucket list for a little bit. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that. And again, that would excite me, but terrify me. But to other listeners, that may be so cool and they definitely want to try it. But I love that concept. I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I really want to segue into retreats because – I know that you are going to host retreats, Ray. I think retreats are really fun. A lot of times when people think of a retreat, you naturally think of like a fitness retreat, a yoga retreat. Mm-hmm. I've watched some documentaries about even juicing and, you know, kind of doing this whole mind, body, soul. But I'm fascinated with your types of retreats. Ultimately, you want to do female entrepreneurs to get together. What is the why behind that? Like, why do you want to host that particular t- like type of retreat? Yeah. So as I started to build my business over the last three or four years, I just repeatedly kept hearing, hearing the same struggles. So it was, it's hardworking at home alone. I don't have the same support. I don't have the ability to bounce ideas off of other people because you don't have coworkers anymore um, other than, you know, a FaceTime call here and there. Um, just, you know, sometimes lack of inspiration or motivation. Um you know, just all of those things and, you know, and just the journey being hard in general of becoming like a female entrepreneur, as I'm sure you know, um, there's days where you're like, why did I, (laughs) why did I decide I wanted to do this? Why did I not want to study paycheck every other week, you know, type of stuff when you're starting out. So I, my idea with this, with these retreats was really like, okay, let's kind of solve that problem and give people a chance for, I mean, maybe it's only one week, but a chance to actually meet a supportive community in person, face to face, go through business development workshops, workshops, experience a new culture, and just go home feeling like rejuvenated and motivated, right? Because I think, especially after COVID, people felt really depleted being at home all the time. So just kind of- A hundred percent. Yeah. So I just kind of took all those pain points and then I was like, this needs to be a retreat. Very cool. So before we get into the itinerary, I want to talk about logistically for a second in terms of how like in your costs, right? And I'm going to say your general cost as you continue to do retreats. What is typical? I'm going to say typically because I'm sure every retreat slightly different. But what do you typically include in the cost when somebody is ready to book a ret- the retreat with you? 
You mean my personal retreat or when they hire me to book, create one for them? Um, if you do both, I'd love to hear both sides of the coin in terms of you hosting your own retreat, but then if you help a client with a retreat, right? Like I'd love, is there differences in that or is it the same? Um, it's different just because, so I guess, yeah, I'll jump in. So if a client is hiring me to build a retreat for them, for their, say their small business, they want to add it on as an additional offering to their clients. Um, then obviously it's custom, right? Because it's whatever they're envisioning, their clients need based off of their pain points, based off of what they think that demographic wants. So um, some people could have it be more, you know, excursion heavy. Some people could have, you know, have more workshops and public speakers coming in, that sort of thing. It really just depends. Um, For mine, for the female entrepreneurship ones, I really wanted, I was trying to think about, okay, as a, you know, as a business owner, what's something that would you know, obviously you're investing as if it's a vacation, you know, you'll just get the generic benefits of a vacation, but also I want them going home feeling that they had tangible stuff for their business. So, um, like my, this retreat right now that I'm selling for Boco Chica Panama this November, um, there we're also including professional headshots. So my co-host of the retreat is a friend of mine who's a professional photographer and she'll be doing 20 minute sessions with all the women. So they'll actually be going home with professional headshots that they can use in their marketing. Um, we have workshops where we'll be giving, um, you know, different worksheets. We'll doing, we'll be doing brainstorming sessions. There's a couple excursions, that kind of thing. So I decided to kind of go with a balance. And that's all included in the price, right? There's no, this is kind of level one of the retreat, but if you pay this, this, and this, you'll get these additional items. Correct. Yeah. So what's included? So for example, the one I'm running right now, it's six nights, seven days in Boco Chica, Panama. All transportation is included. All meals are included because we have a private chef, business workshops, headshots, two excursions. Um, We're doing like a girls night party one of the nights. We have a private pool, beach access. The only things that aren't included is if you decide you want to get travel insurance, which I can help you with, and then your flight. But everything else, it's all inclusive. I love, love, love that. I think that sounds like a fabulous retreat for any female entrepreneur. So I'm super pumped about that. When it comes to booking excursions, right, want to get into the tourism section uh, for a second. Do you look to do something that – I want to word this the right way – But when it comes to like team players, right, a lot of companies, they'll do retreats and they have team activities, you know, to build the team and to grow bonding and friendships and stuff. When it comes to excursions for your retreats, right, you want them to feel that closeness of like you're working on a team, but obviously everyone's an entrepreneur. Are there any excursions that you do on your retreats or that you would recommend for anybody who's looking to have a retreat to build you know, community, to build bonding, to build a team, to, you know, just make it fun, but also maybe effective, right? Do you recommend anything that could be fun? Yeah, I think it's good to kind of do a mix. Like there's some where maybe it's a really intentional activity. Like I'm trying to think what we did on some of like, I've done some smaller scale retreats. You do some of the cheesy icebreaker games maybe, and those are more formatted into the workshops you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you did any of those like in high school or that sort of thing. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of like some of the games we used to do. But um, yeah, I you can do some of those cheesy ones just to help people open up and get to know each other and that sort of thing. But I also recommend just throwing in an excursion or in a, you know, 
an activity just for the sake of it and then just let it unfold naturally. People will naturally bond over a cool experience. So like there's no need to have it be intentional. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I think that's good because regardless, you can have an experience of right a private chef cooking for you and everybody gathering around the table. I always feel food brings people together. Yeah. But it's also if you wanted to go snorkeling, right, in the ocean mm-hmm. and – Maybe some people don't want to do that. So maybe it's kayaking, right? Whatever it is that's going to bond people naturally, mm-hmm. I love that. And if it's meant to be, it will be. Um, so I can really appreciate that too. But I'd love to know too, right? I know retreats are these amazing things. I've personally never done one. It's something I would love to do. Yeah. But what are the biggest challenges of hosting a retreat, right? I'm sure maybe some listener listening to this may want to do a retreat someday of their own. Maybe... I don't know, they want to help somebody like you. What are some of the biggest struggles that you find either hosting your own retreat or helping others book retreats? So I've done a lot of smaller scale ones in the past, and this is my first bigger one. So I just find it's a lot of the, it's like with anything, there's just always a learning curve to it. So it's being patient with the process, um, you know, learning how to budget, how to scout out a good location, um, how to sell and market it and how to build the itinerary intentionally so that it is actually meeting your client's needs. And that's kind of stuff you just kind of pivot as you go. And even as I was, I'm selling my current one, people are responding to it and, you know, telling me different things about like, oh, this sounds good. What about this? You know, and then I'm getting actively getting feedback as, feedback as I go. So it's really, I think the challenge is just learning to pivot and learn as you go and be okay with that, you know? (laughs) Sure. I I think, you know, even coming from a travel agency world, it's being adaptable, it's being flexible, it's being mindful. Of course, having a plan, but understanding that plan could sway a bit. So it's just Mm -hmm. breathing, being calm, but also just adapting to the environment of whatever's happening. So I think that's really important too, because I find retreats so interesting. I think so many people are fascinated with them. Another question I have for you is when people also think of retreats, you naturally think of like Bali or you think of somewhere in Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. If you could name me three to five destinations that you think would be unique and different places to host a retreat, but also somewhere that's not like super complicated to get to, right? Logistically nowadays with the airlines, it can be very frustrating to try to fly somewhere and flights get canceled and ruins a whole trip right? For sure. Somewhere that's unique, but also somewhere that somebody can get to and it's not too much of, you know, a pain or a stretch. Yeah. So my first one's in Boco Chica, Panama, which is a little bit more complex, obviously. My next one, I'd like to be like a surfing intensive and workshops in Costa Rica. But I'm noticing a lot of the entrepreneurs I'm connecting with are United States. So I even want to just make more local ones available. So I'll probably do one, a summer one in Michigan because I find a lot of people haven't been to Michigan and we have beautiful lakes and these, you know, beautiful sand dunes and all that stuff and a lot of outdoorsy stuff to do. And then I also want to do one in Sedona, Arizona and have it be, you know, hiking slash workshops type of thing. So that's kind of the goal for the next couple ones. Those are great goals. And I like that a big thing for you and I think for anybody to take away from this is you're taking feedback and you're listening to your audience, right? You're listening to what Mm -hmm. their needs are, 
but understanding logistics, right? Of if a lot of people are in the US, maybe find something in the US that's a little bit friendlier on the wallet versus going to, you know, Malaysia or Cambodia or somewhere crazy, right? Where maybe it's not expensive when you're there, but it can be expensive to get there. So I think a lot of people can appreciate what you're trying to do. And when it comes to these types of retreats, right? When it comes to entrepreneur treats, what I guess what are some of the biggest differences and takeaways? Because naturally when you do like I'm going to bring it back to fitness and yoga because a lot of people seem to do those retreats. Yeah. A lot of people take away wanting to become better, right? Wanting to become whole, wanting to maybe change their diet, change their lifestyle, whatever mm-hmm. it is. When it comes to an entrepreneurial retreat, right? One of the questions I always love to ask at the end of my episodes is how do you want people to feel after they experience your tour? But I want to take it a step further with this to say, how do you want people to feel when they leave your type of retreat, right? Because your type of retreat, I think, will become popular over time. I think entrepreneurs want to find ways to get together. But what are some of the feelings and thoughts that you want any entrepreneur to feel when they do your particular kind of retreat? Because it's not just relaxing, right? It's also learning, it's listening, it's growing as a person. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts around that. Yeah, I think the two biggest things, and these come back to just my own experience and the experiences of um, my other friends who started businesses, Um, but I want them to walk away feeling, you know, having this strong sense of community. Like when I, this is the not not the last time I'm going to see these people. I can check in with them weekly, monthly, whatever it is. If I need something, I know they'll be there. I'll refer people to them. They'll refer people to me. Like this is a strong network and it's not a competitive one. Like we're here to lift each other up. And then I think um, the second one, I just, I hope they walk away with a profound feeling of like, this is still possible and I can do this. Because when I started my business, there's a lot of days, you know, you have two good days and then you have a day of, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Can I do this? What was I thinking? And then you get, and then you take the next baby step and you're fine. And I think I've learned it's, you know, yes, you want to send these, you know, create these big picture end goals, but it's also being an entrepreneur. Sometimes it's just about getting to the next day or the next week or the next tiny goal. And so I hope this retreat just helps them like get to that next quarterly goal, that next thing, just helps them keep their momentum up essentially. That totally makes sense. And do you, are yeah. when it comes to your retreats, right? Are you also growing a community as part of that because a lot of times and this has happened over and over and over again where even just on vacation, right? You meet amazing people from all over the world. You'll either connect on Facebook or Instagram and you kind mm-hmm. of connect, right? Like you have the connection, but maybe you don't have that spark of a friendship, right? And it doesn't linger on. How are you cultivating and captivating this where obviously you're on a retreat, it's amazing, but then when you come back, you just kind of go back to your everyday life, right? Do you have any plans to foster these connections time and time again so it's more of a relevant thing that they communicate with each other? Do you think it's just going to be natural? Like if they connect, they'll stay in touch? Like are you? I'm just curious again yeah. of that because I find that part of it also very interesting too when it comes to the community. Yeah, so I'm working on building a Facebook group so they kind of have a home base to connect and meet because I, it was Facebook groups where I've met 
people who are now some of my dearest friends and strongest support system. And then I went on to meet them in person, which sounds crazy, <laughs> you know, like that used to be like such a, like you met someone online <laughs> in person. Yes. Strange. It was Stranger. very strange. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's a crazy world we live in, but Facebook yeah. groups are amazing. So I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Yes, but yeah, so the Facebook group and then my goal is to have this be an annual thing, if not having one or two a year um, of this this type of theme. So the female entrepreneurship retreats, I'll be running one or two a year of that particular theme. Um, and then and I'll pick a different location every year and do different workshops and have something different so that people, they can come back. And I mean, it could kind of, I'm hoping in some ways, act as like a reunion for some of those people as well. So those would be the main two things. And then, you know, like you said, some people will naturally connect and keep up on their own. Sure. I love that. And thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing. And I have one more question before we wrap up here. The name, The Mosaic Way, right? Mm -hmm. Why that name? What's the meaning behind that? Yeah. So I, you know, my purpose of travel found me when I was studying abroad in Malta, which is the Mediterranean and they're the art form they're known for are mosaics. And I just kind of thought of this analogy of my life, but also working with clients where with my own life, it kind of started off, it feels like a mess. Like I have all these different pieces. Um, I know they're going to work together somehow, but I don't really know yet. And then at the end, you know, when you piece them all together, it led me to building my business, which just, you know, became this beautiful image and same with clients. So their trip starts off very scattered. I help them piece together. Everything seems chaotic and random, but at the end you get this beautiful image of a mosaic. It all makes sense um, and it all comes together. So that's that's kind of the analogy behind it. I absolutely love that. I think more and more people should use that analogy, especially nowadays. I think a lot of people feel a bit scatterbrained. They don't know what to yeah. do, but at the end of the day, you know it's going to come together and it's going to be something even more beautiful than you thought. So I love that analogy. I think it's beautiful and that's a great you. name. Oh, you're very welcome. And I never like to wrap these up, but Michelle, you've been absolutely wonderful. It's been so fun to learn about unique excursions, a bit of your story and learning about the retreats that you're going to host and have. I think people are looking for that sense of belonging nowadays. And the fact that you're honing in and listening to your audience is so cool. Please, you're very welcome. Plug away social media, your website, and most importantly, how can people work with you and book a retreat with you? Sure. So on Facebook and Instagram, you can find me at the Mosaic Way Travel Co. I have a link where you can just click to sign up for a free consult, whether you're an individual or a business. Um, And then my retreats will be on my website. It's just themosaicway.com. And yeah, those are the main places to connect with me. Feel free to shoot me a DM. I'm even happy just to answer. If you have a quick travel question, send it my way and I'm happy to answer it. And yeah, thanks for having me as well. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined Podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about, whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, at www 
www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.